0: In today's episode of One Point Perspective, we sit down with Kelly Joe McCann. Kelly talks to us about her time in the Walpole Film Festival, her experience at Emerson College, and how the film festival has helped her out in her career in the TV industry. Alright, we are sitting down today with Kelly Joe McCann, class of 2012.
1: What, Kelly, what? welcome
0: to the One Point Perspective Podcast.
1: Thank you, very excited to be here.
2: Yeah, Kelly, first off, can you just give us a little bit of a a background in your film festival experience for those people who are unfamiliar?
1: So I'm class of 2012, so back in 2009, um, I wasn't in the film festival because I was just a freshman and I didn't really know anyone. So I started with event staff with Mrs. O'Malley um, which got me to all the red carpet stuff, got me pretty involved, and that was really fun. I got to hang out with the crews. So starting my sophomore year, I began in the film festival, and gosh, sophomore year, what did I do? I took the summer course, which is really good because I was able to get like focused in on editing, which is really a key part of the film festival. We were working on Final Cut Pro. I don't know if you guys still do that.
2: No, we moved to Adobe, Adobe. Yeah, in did 2013, yeah.
1: Which is super smart because no one in the industry uses Final Cut really anymore, um, at least in all the stuff that I've been working in. It's mostly Avid and Premiere. So anyways, we were on Final Cut, and then I did the film festival sophomore, junior, senior year. I'm only remembering two years of it, though, for some reason. Do you remember what I did sophomore year?
2: So... Do I remember what you did sophomore year or junior year? Sophomore year. So you yeah, you did the you were in the summer film with Dan Myers and such and Kanasia and that group and you did the trailer for the that um potato Potato Express. Right, the Potato Express.
1: Very fond of that.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And um and then so that was yeah, you didn't do anything. In your sophomore year, but then right. you used that. Uh, that was the summer of your sophomore year you did that. And oh, then, okay, yeah. And then you were in on the film class uh, the next year, and, you, and I paired you up with, um, with um, Matt Mullen.
1: Right, and then we did My Own Worst Enemy, right. which was quite the experience, which was really awesome. I'll always remember that movie as my favorite. Matt Mullen was so great. He was such a good like mentor. It was me and Jen Sifferlin were the like ADs mm-hmm. on the film. I remember he gave me and Jen each our own scene that we kind of had control over in the movie, which was also really nice because it was his baby. There was a lot of editing, if you remember. A lot of new things we were trying out because it was the clones. We had Mr. Fisk, that, who's always really fun to work with. Uh, and then after that, that movie did great. We won Best Movie, Best Director, and Best Editing, I think, that year. So then moved on. Me and Jen separated, did our own projects. I paired up with Juliana. We wrote our own script. And we did, because we were in creative writing. Yep. And we did Triple Dog Dare, which was our take on, like, those old school Disney movies. You know, where you had, um, oh, God, Luck of, like, Luck of the Irish. And things like that. Those movies were so fun. And I me and Juliana loved that. So she kind of took control of the script and the actors. And then I directed. I did focus on camera work um, and everything. We were a good pair.
2: Yeah, I remember pairing you up with, with Matt and crossing my fingers that he would, like, pass on, you know, the, the knowledge to you guys. Because it was his, like, baby. And certainly he, like... It was a lot of editing and, and stuff like that, but he did such a great job teaching you guys stuff and I was so impressed with the next movie. both you guys made it both you and Jen like cr- just nailed the next movie in terms of camera work and, and editing and everything so it was really that was really nice to see and the creative writing class there that you guys wrote, Triple Dog Dare, like uh, it was a pretty big class if I remember that creative writing class. And so when your screenplays are due, I have like you know maybe anywhere from like ten to twelve screenplays to read. And so I take them all to like Starbucks, or <laughs> well, at least I did at the time. I took them to Starbucks, and I was like you know read through them. And I and Starbucks was busy, and I was like at a at the the bar you know area, and I'm reading through it. And I remember reading Triple Dog Dare, which to be honest, like the pitch, I was like okay. Yeah, I get it. Like the magical stuff. And I was just like, is this going to be funny? Like, you know, because it's supposed to be a comedy. And I just remember reading like the first three pages laughing out loud. And the barista was over. She's like, oh, that's a good one, huh? (laughs) And I was like, yeah, this one is, this one's good. Like, I don't know, something about you guys nailed, you nailed it. You had fun with it. Like you made it your own. You had its own little style. So I always remember like reading that the first time.
1: Juliana always had such a great voice writing-wise, and then we were a really good pair just like back and forth all the time because we were always making fun of each other and cracking jokes, so that was easy to translate then into the script. Yeah. I think that was important too, but she she was more of the writer than I was, for sure.
2: Yeah, well, whatever, it, it worked. And that senior year, you were paired up with Justin Connolly, right? And uh, who so, else was Chris on that? Chris Barajas. Barajas was, was the lead, right?
1: Yes. Chris Barajas was the lead. And then Justin played our, like, you know, that secondary character that really is, like, the scene stealer. He has some of the best lines. He has to pull a lot of weight in the film. Um
0: the wacky, yeah, the wacky side character that, yeah. that, that, that he Ava was, like, was that making wacky fun villain. of. That.
1: Yeah.
0: The Emily Thomasetti character this
2: year. Yeah, the, Ava makes fun of that character, and Justin ends up winning supporting an actor that same year, which was pretty amazing. That movie just killed. That's another one of those comedies that uh, you know at the festival it just it, it crushed. I remember um, that was when we had like four nominated films or five nominated films. I can't remember, but I remember Mr. Han really liked that movie and, and he was disappointed that it wasn't nominated. He's like, that movie, that was the best movie. I, I was, was that.
1: crushed I, when it <laughs> wasn't nominated. I know, that,
2: was, that was a really good one that didn't... It's one of the reasons why we nominate all the films now is like we can point to some of the films and like, well, that one should have been in there. you know?
1: You nominate all the films for best?
2: Last year was the first year we... <clears throat> all the categories are the same as it, as it always was. And then we nominate all the films for best picture and we play five minute clips of all the films the last, the last uh, on the red carpet.
1: Oh, okay. So
2: it's a much nicer evening. Everybody, the mood's much more relaxed. Everybody's pretty excited because everybody's films play. And right. uh, yeah, it was it's really, it was a good decision. It was a long time coming. Uh, even your year, to be honest. I, I debated, and I remember talking to Jackie and to do, talking to some other people about maybe moving that way, but it's always hard.
1: Yeah, that's always hard. But I mean, it, it's good too to have. Not everyone nominated because that competition was fierce. Yeah, <laughs> like it was. Everyone was, you know, really into nominations.
2: They were, believe me, we know. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of tears, and yeah. you know, people are begging oh, yeah. for him
0: back too, which is
2: yeah, a little strange. But so, so afterwards, I mean, you applied to film school, yeah. and um, I remember distinctly you had a choice between NYU. Yep, okay. And Emerson?
1: Yep, Tish and Emerson.
2: That was a, that was a tough choice. So you be careful what you, what you apply to because it yeah. can be a tough choice. Be careful what you wish for.
1: Well, it's actually funny. So I applied to medical schools, pre-med programs, and film schools. Oh, wow. So I was deciding between pre-med and film as well as then coming down to Emerson and NYU. Um, because I figured that I would go to film school, I would go to an art school, and I would know within the first year if this was a hobby that I should, you know, still pursue and still love, but, you know, maybe study something else. So between Emerson and NYU, I mean, as with most people, it all came down to money. Emerson gave me a huge scholarship to go there, um, an academic scholarship, which is hilarious for me. Sorry. Sorry but let's be real <laughs> somehow and you know NYU's New York it's expensive and it turns out though that i mean NYU's a great program and if you can go like it's supposed to be amazing but Emerson was the best decision i could have made going into entertainment industry because that little school is a vicious community like everyone watches each other's backs every job that I've had and I've had a lot of jobs um has come out of my Emerson Mafia and like my Emerson people there's a Facebook page called the Emerson Mafia it's every alumni and within it you know people post job opportunities like oh I just wanted to go to an Emerson person first we want to get people in here You know, when I was leaving a job, I would post in the Emerson Mafia and get another Emerson person in, you know, in my place. It's one of those schools.
0: Well, that's great. I did not know that. That's awesome. We have quite a few, at least in the four years that I've been working here, uh, quite a few film students have gone on to Emerson as well, so... That's probably great for them to hear. Yeah, yeah
2: we, we could probably have an Emerson, Walpole High Film Festival Mafia page. I mean, we could even, a subset of that Mafia
0: page.
1: <laughs> you probably could.
2: We have a lot of Emerson kids, uh, which is great, because, I, I mean, I recommend it. Just based, well, honestly, like, one of the reasons I, I recommend it is because uh, cause of you, because Kelly Joe, because, you know, and your experience and your success. So that's one of the reasons why I'm like, oh, yeah, Emerson, great program. Um, yeah. Yeah and you would recommend Emerson for not only film and and TV but especially TV or
1: So yeah so to be honest the film program and the television program at Emerson are so different that I almost didn't know any film kids besides some friends that I made my freshman year which kept me involved kind of in the film world I moved once I toured Emerson I saw their studio their television studio, and something in, like, clicked, you know, and I ended up pursuing studio TV production, using a lot of my film festival skills to get me um, jobs at Emerson, because I interviewed my, oh, this is so embarrassing, (laughs) so my freshman year at Emerson, I so they have like a bunch of like organizations, the Emerson channel and Emerson independent video. Those were the two big TV, programs. they hire like 800 students. Like it's all interworking, you're on shows, you're on everything. I interviewed for both. I didn't get one single position because I don't know, I wasn't charismatic. Cause like no one knows anything going in. I was like, what happened? Anyways, so I begged my RA at the time, he ran one of the shows, Common Agenda, and I was like, listen, I know how to edit, I know how to use Final Cut Pro, like please give me a chance to be on your crew. And so he let me be on his crew. And immediately I was well ahead of a lot of people who used Final Cut, because we were still using, Emerson has also switched over now, but we were using Final Cut back then too. And so from film festival, I was well ahead of everyone. Oh, good. So I became, at first I was just a package editor, then I became the head editor, and then I quickly moved on um, into the studio system and then never looked back. I directed the biggest shows there. I directed um, Will Ferrell once.
2: Oh, yeah. I remember your mother telling me that. Yeah. Yeah. He came
1: to our school as like Ron Burgundy. That's right. And I was actually the paid I was a paid director there, and they chose me to do his show that he did for Emerson, so I was able to do that, which was really cool um and amazing the Evie Awards I was the technical executive producer and the director and I was only the third person in thirty four years to do that and the only woman to ever be those two positions
2: was this you said the Emmys
1: Evies oh Evies so this is like the Emerson College version of the Emmys, but it's, you know, we spend like $200,000. It's a big production, we work all year. Yeah. So like all that stuff, but it all came from like, being like, I know how to edit, (laughs) please give me a chance. (laughs) That's
2: fantastic. It's a good story. It's just crazy that Ron Burgundy, that you worked with Ron Burgundy. Yeah. Uh, All right, so, and then, so like you said, the TV is very different than the film. And I think some kids don't understand, although they're starting to blur more now.
1: So how I explain it i um when I talk about TV throughout the rest of this probably, I'm talking about um, live broadcasts and events, and that's very different from like Game of Thrones or Veep or any like TV shows because that's where the lines blur. It's very film centric. Um, if you come from a film world, you'll probably understand a lot of the, you know, TV series nowadays, Mm -hmm. whereas I was working in studios and venues and concerts, you know, Mm -hmm. I did the, I worked on the Emmys. Um, I've worked on all the big award shows, the Tonys, Critics' Choice Awards, you know, I've been to the Grammys. I did all that. So that's what I'm talking about when I say TV. Okay. Because that's how Emerson separated it.
2: Okay. So they separated by live studio. Yeah. So I was like,
1: TV production was really live studio production. Got
2: it. That's interesting. Okay. And so tell us about like, some of our other guests have talked about how difficult it is after you graduate from, from a, a film school to find, to get your foot in the door. How was that process for you?
1: Um, okay. So I had no issues but I don't know why I think that I was very lucky and it's all about just being very open. And I was willing to do anything. People knew me as a really hard worker. Um, I never thought anything the most annoying thing and why a lot of people don't get hired is they think things are below them. Um, or they won't do certain things like PA and, you know, those are just part of the job and it's honestly how you meet the most important people. So my senior year at Emerson, my first semester I spent here, I did my directed study, which was a live in-studio musical. And then I went to LA. And to go to LA, you have to have an internship. One of my friends worked at a company. You know, He was already out there. He worked at a company that was looking for its first intern. And so he texted me and was like, do you want to interview? And so I said yes, and I got it. And that internship turned right into a job i became the assistant to the president of the company and he was also a multi director and a producer wow and so through that i got my first producing credit um on teen choice awards i was an associate producer through that job
2: so, so that's that's a great lesson you know and i think that's a, a big one like i tell kids all the time you know don't go in thinking you're going to be a director you know try to find something that you that you really like and you know there there's tons and tons of jobs that you can have in the film world and and you got to start somewhere you know like you said pa like li- lights gaffers sound like all that stuff is important and you have to start you know special effects editing and all this stuff that that people are really into that's an avenue in
1: Exactly. Um, At Emerson, the biggest lesson I learned from that first, you know, not getting a job at all to being, you know, number one producer director at Emerson was that semester that I didn't have a job besides the editing. I went into the studio, I learned every single position I possibly could. I looked for mentors, I looked for people who could teach me sound, who could teach me technical directing, you know, graphics and I learned everything I possibly could and that made me a very well-rounded person. So when I was a PA, I actually understood what was going on and so therefore I stood out immediately. Like I was a PA on this um, gala, Sean Parker, um, who's the president of Facebook, I was at his house working on a gala and that night Tom Hanks was hosting and they needed him to have an assistant and so I was picked because I, you know, had shown through the week that I understood what was going on, but I was willing to work really hard and do, you know, exactly what I was told, but with critical thinking behind it.
2: Because you knew all the the facets that went into it, right? Exactly. So I was
1: able to put pieces together and that what's, so I was able to be Tom Hanks' assistant for a night, which was, I mean, he is amazing he hugged me when he first met me and said, thank you so much. And I was like, I'm so glad that you are such a treasure. You're such a national treasure. (laughs) I'm so glad you're still nice. Like even now being this huge celebrity.
2: Yeah. I heard that about him. He's super nice.
1: He really is.
2: That's great. And and it's probably why he's still so popular and and still doing work is because he's so nice. Great. And so From there, you worked in studio TV for how long? Were you out there doing that?
1: So I was out there for three years. Yeah. Three, a little over three years um, doing, and I did over 30 productions Wow. um, out there.
2: And now you're back?
1: Now I'm back.
2: You want to talk about what you're doing here? Yeah. So
1: I uh, decided that I didn't love living in L.A., and because I was an executive assistant and an associate producer, it was the perfect time for me to transfer those skills. Those are very transferable skills. It's all about putting information together, working for people. Um, so I decided to come back to the East Coast because I would rather live here and I would rather build a career here than out there. Uh, so. Right now, I'm you know talking to some people. I might be working on a board for a festival in Brockton. I'm interviewing at Boston College for a position in June. You know, I'm looking at nonprofits. I kind of want to use so slowly, my film festival has evolved into more of an event, like event planning, um, all those things. So I want to use that more for community work um, And work here on the east coast and I might go up to New York and interview with a couple companies but I haven't decided if that's what I want yet
2: yeah most you're doing what a lot of people want to do it's like they're out in LA and then what you hear a lot in LA is I just want to go back east (laughs) because it's a tough city to live in not to knock on LA totally but a lot of people from the east coast just want to Kind of get back uh, and live in the East Coast and and find uh, comparable work, either in New York or Boston, which is great.
1: Yeah, I mean, L.A. is just a hard city to live in. Um, Like you said, it's just a big, like it's not really a city. Right. You know, it's more like its own state. Right. It's sprawling. You know, you have to drive everywhere. God forbid, you work on a production that's shooting in the valley and you live on the west side. Oh, yeah. That's like an hour and a half long commute every day. Traffic and is
0: ter- terrible. Six lanes of traffic. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's really incredible that there's traffic at two in the afternoon always.
0: there's traffic at two in the morning. Too bad the uh, the Plymouth studios, that never happened. Plymouth, Mass. Yeah, the big Plymouth one. Hollywood uh, East, yeah. It, it, so it's n- not going to happen? I, I'm pretty sure it's not. Pre, I'm pretty sure it was like a Ponzi scheme something <laughs> <somewhere>. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah,
2: there was something. Yeah, there was that big studio that was going to be built. Uh, but Boston's hot for, for film. It's still tons of films being made around here. Okay, so let's move on. to First off, let's just talk about, uh, before we get to the nitty-gritty on the films and stuff, you have a, a unique relationship with uh, um, the Strasha family.
1: Yes, I do. Unique is a word to describe that relationship with the Strachas. <laughs> Talk the about Strachias that. The Strachas are unique. <laughs> if there was one word to describe them, it would be. So in many ways,
2: the Straches helped get your film career off the ground.
1: Yes. Um, so they actually. Oh, gosh, they've been with me from the beginning. Um, as I explored a creative path, um, the poor kids, really, I really had it in for them. So I, you know, the Straches moved in across the street. They were just these little kids who I had to babysit because my parents were like, we want to be friends with the neighbors. So I babysat for free um, and they were demons. They were demon children. Um. I every you know I would go home and I'd be like please don't make me babysit again, but slowly that relationship evolved into one when I realized I could get something out of them. So, <laughs> I started writing scripts, um, horrible scripts, terrible scripts. Never been the best scriptwriter, and I wrote this musical, Diner Trauma, the musical, held rehearsals for it, forced all the kids. I had Domenico saying the word metabolism, which, first of all, he couldn't read, so I had to read his lines to him, and then he would just say them back. But he couldn't say the word metabolism, so there was a di- whole day where we just worked on him saying the word metabolism. <laughs> Instead of me just changing the line, we just worked until Domenico could say that word. <laughs> and then that slowly evolved once I got my first camera um, and started getting into film. I, would
2: you made you made some sort of csi movie. yes
1: <laughs> yes so i made csi Walpole. um it's about hard-hitting detectives who solve crimes in the Walpole area um and in that first pilot episode which was really where we found our groove um you know me and domenico were our like you know straight cop goofy cop you know solving pr- crimes <laughs> dynamic duo Ava, um, she, was, she was really incredible. She took on the role of both the victim who was murdered and the murderer um, in her dual role, which really, um, I think, started her on her path to acting because, you know, we pushed hard. We pushed hard to get the good content out there.
2: And we, you have recently found this episode...
1: Yes, so this episode was lost into our mem like the only place was our memories. We knew this happened, but there was no physical evidence of it anywhere. Last month, I had just moved home. My mom gave me this hard drive because she couldn't find any files in it for some reason, so she just asked me to open it up and see if I could see if there was anything in there. I go in and all of a sudden I'm seeing these weird like iMovie files. And I realized that she had backed up our old, old, old computer, the first computer I used to edit on, onto that hard drive.
2: Oh, I bet you it was like the time machine or something like yeah. that. That's great. And, and for those listeners out there, we uh, Kelly Joe has shared, has shared that episode of uh, CSI Walpole that stars Mia, Ava, and Domenico in their first screen... Uh, role ever, and we have hidden it on the website somewhere as an Easter egg. So good luck finding that.
1: Um, and if you do, your lives will be changed because it's art. It's true art. art but and it's pure but I used to do a lot of. I made them do music videos. There's this. You remember that song Levels by Avicii?
2: No, but I'm sure. I'm sure our listeners do. If, if you
1: play, if you played it, you would know it. It, yeah. was, it was hot for one single second and domenico stars in that music video too and that's a wild time okay we need
0: to find that now which which stracha was the easiest to work with and which was the hardest to work with
1: well i mean come on we all know ava's the diva of the group um she's the hardest to work with she's got a lot of demands but you know what she produces great work and what can you say
2: (laughs) i love it all right so um we always ask our guests if they can uh recommend three film festival movies to watch that you were no part of whatsoever
1: yes okay so the first film festival movie this one i'm recommending because it's the one that made me really interested in film festival i saw it my freshman year i believe and oh shoot what was it called love and magic love no magic love and no no magic
2: love no magic
1: love no magic there it is um, it had really, it was funny. It had really cool special effects for the time, you know, and it was really well done and it made me laugh. It made me want to do something like that. I loved the audience reaction to it, it was really great. I remember sitting in the auditorium watching it. So that's my first one. Cranberry's crusade was so funny. The mockumentary style has always been one of my favorites. Um, and they w- the way they did it was just so good and the way they played all the characters and it really poked fun at the film festival in a really great way. And then I actually saw a horror movie this year because my mother, Mary Ann McCann, was in one of the movies, so I went to go see it. And during that, the knock Played, which was a horror movie, and I thought the cinematography in that was really cool and they did some really interesting things with it so honestly I know everyone's probably seen it, but for the future, I think people should watch the knock it had some really cool stuff in it
2: yeah, it's great that that you're recommending something that you just saw this year they're going to be thrilled to hear that what um, now three Hollywood films that you f- feel Uh, these upcoming filmmakers would would benefit from seeing?
1: Okay, so my first, my all-time favorite movie is The Fall, which is by Tarsim Singh. And it came out in 2006, Lee Pace starred in it. And it is both one of the most stunning movies visually that I've ever seen, um, and one of the greatest stories. You know, it just uses storytelling in such a great way. Um, and it's emotional and I think that it just encompasses what a great movie, like a lot of elements, a great movie should have. So that's my first one. It's the fall. Then, um, like old school Goodfellas. I like the way it's like one of the only movies where I really do like the use of a narrator. Um, I think he does a great job with it and it's just...
2: Multiple narrators.
1: Yeah. It's just violent, but funny. And a lot goes into it. I just think it's really well done. So Goodfellas has always been a, good, a favorite of mine. And then I was debating on the last two. Um, for a more recent movie, I would say Arrival was really good, the way they delve into language and, you know, it's good science fiction without actually being, you know, science fiction, like aliens everywhere, you know, chaos, blah, blah. blah. It's really about how our government would deal with something like that. I think it's a really interesting movie. I was captivated the whole time, even though not too much goes on, but at the same time, everything is happening and you really have to pay attention to the movie, I really like movies like that, so I would say Arrival. Otherwise, like my honorable mention is Pan's Labyrinth.
2: Oh yeah, Pan's Labyrinth, is unbelievable. Classic, yeah. yeah, Arrival's good too, and uh, yeah, Goodfellas might be on my list too. It's one of the ones I always recommend that kids watch. What we're finding is, unfortunately, and ironically, <laughs> that um, in the age where these kids have access to tens of thousands of movies at their fingertips, they actually don't watch movies. So it's kind of sad. So it's nice
0: that you know you guys recommend movies that, that maybe they, they will check out. Yeah, they'll binge the same show for like three cycles in a row, but i uh, will actually pile onto Goodfellas. The first time watching it, and like when the outro to Layla's playing, and, and you're just going through all the deaths that, like I was like, this is awesome. This is something different I haven't seen before. Um, Goodfellas is up there. I don't know if it's top three, but definitely up, yeah, up shows, there. Yeah, it's up there.
2: Yeah. And uh, anything else you want to add, Kelly Joe?
1: Um, no. I think <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> well, it's thank been great. you.
2: Thank you so much for coming in and sharing
0: your story with us.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's exciting.
0: And uh, again, we have the Easter egg of the uh, Kelly's first directorial debut. Of the Strachas in uh, CSI Walpole, and that's an Easter egg on the website. So happy hunting. You've been listening to Walpole High Film Festival's podcast One Point
2: Perspective.